Let's doing episode number 71, Shannon Mayhew of Presence and Prose. Welcome back, everybody. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, we had a little bit of a break last week because I was at the Mastermind Talks in Toronto, which was really amazing. Uh, at the time that I had signed up to go, I did not have my own mastermind group running at the time. It was just an amazing gathering of 120 entrepreneurs, which was really cool. And there were people like Ben Greenfield and Dave Asprey and Guy Kawasaki and a ton of other really interesting people were there. Uh, and there were 14 speakers. They were all great. And then what we did was we broke out into these peer groups where uh, someone would run a smaller table about a topic and you could go to whichever one you wanted. And they put it up on the board, uh, the which ones there were going to be. And there were eight different ones. And there was like social media mastery and how to make like YouTube your your ally. And then there was number seven was productivity hacks. And I, I was there with Clay Hebert, who is a great friend of mine and is an also an awesome productivity guy. And actually, he's doing something now where he does Kickstarter consulting. So he's actually helped 45 Kickstarter projects get funded for over $4 million. It's really cool. But anyway, I went over to Clay and I was like, oh, so are you running the productivity uh, table? I want to go I want to go hear it. And he's like, no, I, I thought you were doing it. And I was like, I'm not doing it. <laughs> so they got to seven. And, nice. Yeah, and they got to seven. And Jason, who was running it, was like, and seven is productivity hacks. And Mr. Mizell, where are you? And I was like wide-eyed. He's like, oh, did I not tell you you're running a peer table? <laughs> so uh, I ended up doing that and had about 30 people come over. And it was it was great. It was just a really, really awesome experience. But uh, there, I learned a whole bunch of stuff, which I think I'm going to be sort of dribbling out to you guys and to the listeners uh, over the next few episodes. Dave Asprey was one of the guys there. And, you know, his podcast has got like 6 million downloads. And he's really – his staff and him put 20 hours of work into every – podcast. So I, I, I learned a bunch of stuff from him. Uh, I've met him before, wow. but we really got focused on talking about this stuff. So it was really cool. Sounds like he needs to listen to our podcast. Yes, that's right. <laughs> well, because we've been, well, you have been obsessive about getting this sound good. And I'm, I'm very, very happy about that. Wow. So uh, before we get into some of the links today, I want to hear, we have a, a review and a question, I think. So let's do that. <clears throat> sure. Okay. So, um, First, uh, do you want to do the review first or question? Whatever, whatever whatever suits your fancy. Okay, so question. Ari, I really enjoy the podcast and I have a question. What's the easiest way to stay updated on current events without having to spend too much time reading newspapers and magazines, watching the news and listening to the radio? I do use Newsify, but I find it really overwhelming with the number of daily posts I receive. I tried adding a couple of news sites in the past, but they push out too many posts and it quickly becomes unmanageable. Are there any good aggregating sites or even podcasts that could provide the highlights of what's going on in the world so I don't feel like a complete ostrich with my head in the sand? I'm looking for a real 80-20 here, the 20% I need to know to sound informed when I talk to people. Okay. Thanks so much, Michelle. So that, that's a that's a great question, and it's something that kind of oh, comes up a lot. Yeah. I, I feel like you're going to have some thoughts on this too. Um, oh no, I mean, it's just, I, I've been looking for exactly the same thing. Oh, so, okay. Um, well, I'd so, love to hear what you say, and then go ahead. I'll, I'll do this sort of like in reverse, actually. At the very end of it, 
I would say that one recommendation would be Felix's recommendation, which is SoundGecko. Um, so if you do find articles that you really do need to know about or want to know about, but you don't have the time, SoundGecko is a great way to deal with that because you can forward the articles and then they will show up in your podcast, basically, and you can listen to them at one and a half speed or even two times speed if you really want to go next level with it. Uh, but there are yeah. several newsletters and one podcast that I ref- that I use that I recommend. So the podcast is the NPR News Hour, and it's very impressive actually. Every hour of the day, NPR puts out a five minute podcast with the news of that hour. Yeah, uh, and it's amazing. I mean, it's if you literally can listen to it before you walk into a meeting or a cocktail party. And be very well informed, actually. It's it's surprising what they can get out in five minutes. So it's just a five-minute long news hour? Yeah, it's a five-minute five podcast yeah. every hour. I mean, the production on this must be ridiculous. But every hour they do this podcast, it comes out on the hour, five minutes long. And oh, that's great. Of course, I listen to that in two and a half minutes now. And then, <laughs> and then you're good. And you get, like, world events. You get um, it's just really any current events or big things. And a lot of times, you, you know, it's, it's so up to the minute because it's on the hour that you can get some pretty relevant and very, very recent information right before you need to use it. So that's the one podcast. Then there are a few, uh, just a few newsletters that I like. Um, the first one is Quartz. So Quartz is a really great news service in general. Uh, yeah. but, but Quartz has a daily brief that they send out that really does give you a very, very good overview of what's going on for the day and they also have a section called while you were sleeping so you get a lot of like the european news and asian news and sort of what was what what happened while you were sleeping so that's cool yeah so the quartz daily brief is great then the daily beast has their hit list that's another one uh which you can look on their website or you can get that by email and it's usually 10 things and it's based it's literally it's they call it their i'm not sorry not their hit list their cheat sheet so it's the daily beast cheat sheet and it's literally it's like these are the 10 things you need to know to sound like you know what you're talking about, which is exactly what this person was asking about. Um, And then the last one, which comes out later in the day, but gives you a lot more commentary and a lot, you can, you can be much more informed and it also has a much wider range is called next draft. So Dave Pell writes next draft and I had him on the podcast a while ago because I was just so amazed that every day, you know, usually it comes out around one or two, and yeah. it has 10 stories that you need to know, or not even that you need to know about, just 10 things that he found interesting that day. And it's very curated. A lot of it is news-related. Some of it's tech. Uh, some of it is just funny video. Not even funny videos, but it's, like, all very, very informative, and it's a paragraph each. Uh, and so you, if you don't even read the source, you can just sort of read those paragraphs. But I interviewed him for the podcast, and he literally opens 150 tabs every morning. and just lo- He doesn't use an RSS feeder. Uh, oh, really? Or uh-huh. Yeah, he said he really likes to see basically like what the editors of each site has decided to put up there as the primary information. So he literally goes through 150 tabs a day and picks out the 10 stories of the 10 things. And then he relates them <coughs> to things. It's really amazing. Mm. So those would be my recommendations, mm. those, those four things. No, that sounds great. Yeah. There, there's also, I, I know that there's an app called Winston, which I have used a bit. Um, which it which is is an app and it will literally just give you a news summary sort of in sort of sort of it's kind of like a video but it recites exactly what happened your brief summary for the morning and it will go through and you can customize it and do um 
various things to anyway, you can customize it and it gives you the news summary in the morning but it is an automated voice that is reciting it and it's questionable but can be useful okay yeah i think that's a, that's a good one too and it, it also kind of depends how you like to consume your content you know obviously yes. so if you if you want to read it then there's some of these sources if you want to listen to it if you want to watch it then there's options for all of them oh you know yeah. what there is there is one more uh i think it's uh now this news yep that's the one so now this news does oh, okay. videos uh and they're basically i think they're like one minute summary videos Okay. Of, of the news so that's a little bit more where you have to go in and sort of choose the topic you want to find out about it's not going to yeah. give you an overall brief but it's it's very very quick so for instance like i'm looking right now on the site and there's uh, fbi arrest hundreds of child sex traffickers and annual crackdown so that's you know a story that may or may not interest you but you can watch the video giving you a really good overview in a minute oh yeah, yeah. And, and another site i use another app i use is called circa and in with circa you can select stories and you can follow a story so if you're interested in that news topic that you just mentioned i could click follow and then it will give me an update every time there's an update on that story right yeah so make sure that uh, so i'm putting all mine in the show notes felix make sure that you add those links that you mentioned as well yeah that's the show notes i'm making a list right here cool well uh thank you michelle for that question yeah okay for the review uh, okay, Overworked Executive with Teenage Boys by an engineer in Massachusetts. I've been trying to use virtual assistants for quite a while, but with Ari's help, I've been able to successfully use Fancy Hands for a few months now. His suggestion to write a manual of how to work with me in Evernote, which I linked to each Fancy Hands task as needed, made all the difference. He has helped me take the ideas in Tim Ferriss's four-hour workweek book and really get them implemented. Calls and other online tasks for my business are easily and quickly done by others. Keep up the great topics. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you. That's a great review. And, and again, as always, if you hear that, if you hear your, us read your review, get in contact with us through lessdoing.com and you will get your free Less Doing t-shirt courtesy of Zazzle. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, so now I want to get into the links. Uh, the, the interview today is with Shannon Mayhew of uh, Presence and Pose, which is a cool, really cool blog. And we talk about learning and cognitive science and yoga and depression. And actually, we even cover Sesame Street because she was a researcher there. But uh, before we get to all of that, there's some really cool stuff that I found out found this week. Uh, and one of the this is like a little announcement. So I don't know if you saw this, Felix, but Fancy Hands implemented recurring tasks. Yes. What is this? Okay, so this is a big thing with virtual assistant services. And what you find with virtual assistants often, especially ones that offer like a lot of tasks or even unlimited tasks, which Fancy Hands doesn't anymore, but there'll usually be certain caveats or certain exceptions. So 15 minutes is usually how long a task can be. Um, Mm -hmm. And and a lot of times, like Zirtual used to do this, uh, for instance, that you had to pay for a higher plan to have recurring tasks. And what that means is that you couldn't say to the assistant, oh, every Monday I want you to do this, and then you don't have to think about it anymore. Of yeah. course, of course, that's easy enough to get around if you use something like IFTTT and you automatically send an email every week or you automatically you know, uh, assign the task somehow. But now Fancy Hands can just have a recurring task, which is really great, and they'll actually warn you before they're going to do the task because you know, obviously it, it, it takes away from your possible task. But 
you know, maybe you want them to check, uh, you know, for new Amazon reviews uh, on your book every Monday, for example, or or you want them to order new supplies for you for something that you can't find on Amazon subscribe and save every month, whatever it might be. But it just yeah. makes it simpler so you can have a recurring task. It's really it's one less thing to think about. Oh, cool. Yeah. So uh, the next thing I want to talk about is Dr. Sarah Godfrey's Entheos Conference. So I had my Entheos Conference a, a few months ago, and it went really great. And I actually had her on. And Dr. Sarah is really cool. She she wrote this book called The Hormone Cure. She is uh, just like a, so knowledgeable. And we talk, when we talked, we talked about uh, hormone disruptors and endocrine disruptors and how to just be like, get your hormones in line so that you can be happier and healthier and more productive. So she now has her Entheos conference coming up, which is an online free virtual conference, and I am one of the speakers on it. Uh, and we, yeah, and because of a lot of people don't know this, but my background is in green building and construction. So I had a lot to say actually with her about sort of environmental factors and even made some correlations on the podcast or on the interview with her about how there may have been some relationship to the materials that I was exposed to and my diagnosis of Crohn's. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, I mean, I was I was being like a hotshot idiot when I was 20, and I was, you know, helping get rid of asbestos with my bare hands and really stupid stuff. So, <laughs> uh, fortunately, fortunately, there didn't seem to be any lasting effects, but, you know, you never know. All of that stuff can affect your gut, can affect your nervous system, and it has some effect. So, uh, anyway, it, it, not on a down note, but so Sarah's, Sarah's conference is coming up. There's a link to it in the show notes, and uh, I just recommend everybody check that out. Cool. So next thing I want to talk about is a new device called the Vessel. Oh, what and, about, are you not going to go to Billguard? No, I will. I'm just jumping around. Sorry, mate. Do you, want me, do you want me to stay in order? Would that help you? No, no, that's fine. That's fine. Go for it. Okay. Just carry on. Carry on. So, so the, next, the next thing that I want to talk about is called the Vessel. And it's a new device that is uh, available for pre-order right now. And I'm not sure how I feel about this, actually. But it's a, it's a mug. And it knows what you're drinking and how much you're drinking. So it's a, it's like a hydration <laughs> self-tracker. And I, I don't know about this. You know, it, it, hydration is an issue. And a lot of people don't drink as much water as they should. But do you really need a cup that's going to be like, oh, you had, you know, 1.2 cups of coffee today and 3.4 cups of water and this much juice or like how much variety is there and that you need to track that? Well, well, I wonder, does your world's most connected man, does he have one of these? Uh, I'm, you know, he's probably tested it, actually. I'd have to ask him. But my uh. guess would be no, because he's really about, as, as complex as his tracking system are, in, in a way, it's, he's really about simplifying, because he doesn't want to have to do anything. It all has to be running in the background. But also, I, 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 don't, I just don't, I'm not sure how useful this information is. That's the, that's the thing. It's like, first of all, are you really going to be that person that's going to bring this around? And on the website, the, the four examples of drinks that they show are a mo- like a, a Starbucks bottled mocha chino, a bottled soda, a, an iced tea, and a beer. So this is going to be the most disgusting cup ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. So it- uh, I don't know. But, but but isn't it automatic? Doesn't it do a lot of this uh, telling you what you had for you? And no, or... it does. It does it. It does it completely automatically. 
I mean, does it does it send you an email with what you had, or how does it work? It's got so it has an app that goes along with it. So it'll okay. it'll show you how much sugar you're ta- you're taking in, how much caffeine, uh, how you know how well you're hydrating, and all all that stuff. And and again, there, you know, there, there's value in in having some awareness to this. If you drink more water, at least it can help with weight loss. It can help with mood and and sleep. Oh, even okay. you know, th- you need to stay hydrated. It's not that surprising. But I see. I feel like this is the kind of thing somebody would use for like three days and then be done with it. Oh, I see. Yeah. So, so it's a cool piece of technology, but I, it just remains to be seen how people end up using it. Yeah. You haven't ordered yours yet, I take it. No, I have not ordered mine. And and uh, I, I'm assuming after this podcast, they're not going to offer to send me one to test out. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So anyway, uh, the next thing that I want to talk about is uh, BillGuard. And I've talked about BillGuard before. Yeah. Do you use BillGuard? Uh, I think I do have BillGuard set up, yes. I'm not sure how much attention I pay to it. I don't think well, I that's, pay that, much attention to it. Or right, it so that, that's the thing, is you actually don't have to really pay any attention to it. I, I only hear from BillGuard probably once every two months or so. And so for, for people who don't know, BillGuard uh, is a service that watches your credit cards, basically, and will alert you to what it considers to be erroneous or suspicious charges you know so that could be a double charge or a double fee or a foreign purchaser whatever it might be and you'll get an email saying that this is this happened and then they'll actually help you to resolve it so they can investigate and find out what the company is or they can help you uh, actually uh, get the charge removed yeah and they have a i mean I, I i know i have like the free monitoring that they offer on it that's all i, I use and I, I don't, I don't know if it includes um, social social security number monitoring or not. Uh, I don't think it does, but I think maybe the paid version does. I'm not sure, but uh, but it, I think it's, I think it's a good thing. But the thing I was, I was interested about is, um, I mean, I looked on the on the site, and they seem to have a, an app, and it looks like it's, it looks like it's competing with Mint.com. Um, in terms of it tracks all of your expenses and graphs them and categorizes them and all of that. And that, I'd be very interested to see how it compares. Yeah, and, and it you know... It looks like a nice app. It is. It's a very nicely done app. And it actually... It, 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 if you have the iPhone, it'll do pass... The, it integrates with Passbook. So it'll oh, okay. show each oh, of really? your credit cards in Passbook. Yeah, and you can see the most recent charges on those cards very easily. It's, it's pretty cool. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's very it's very uh, elegantly done. It's a, it's an Israeli company, and it's just it, I think they did a really good job. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So the next thing I want to talk about is paper later, and this is totally directed at you and your parents, Felix. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> okay. So I'm glad you don't know what this is because I'm going to describe it. I want to hear your reaction. So paper later is like pocket. You say you know you save a document for later. Yes, to and read then, later. Yeah. And then they send you a physical newspaper with those things in it. You're joking. Uh-huh. So <laughs> And it's UK based. Oh really? So so give us an example. So like you you you're you're looking at your online newspaper and then and No, no, no. So any oh, right, okay, so I, I see an article online on the New York Times and then I see a blog post on wired.com and then I see a uh, you know a website with an with a blog post on it, and then I see I don't know something on uh, uh, daily whatever a, any of these things, and you just click like a bookmark, you know, add to paper later, yeah, and, and you get a newspaper in the mail with all of those things with all of those things into it, your custom printed oh, newspaper. Oh, that's brilliant! 
Isn't that ridiculous? Oh, I mean, in a good ridiculous. way. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's re- and it looks really beautiful. Like the, the the printing, it's color printing. It's a newspaper format, so it's a large format. Um, so you can get large. Like so, what I would actually consider using that for is one of my one of the sites that I really like for long form articles is Medium. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the th- problem is honestly is that a lot of the articles on there are just too long for me to really get through on a regular basis. So that I feel like this would be such a cool thing to do and then read your paper on Sunday with all those long form articles you couldn't get to. That's brilliant. Or yeah. And for you, I was literally thinking like if there's a bunch of, st- cause so just for some context, Felix's father is in his your seventies. He's in his seventies, right? Yeah, that's right. But, but he's like super techie. He really, he knows so much about technology and he's really into gadgets and stuff. But yeah. I feel like this is the kind of thing where you could curate a whole bunch of articles for him. Well, it's the perfect combination. He, he's totally into the newspaper. Yeah. And, um, Yes, exactly. So we could read all of this stuff. Yeah, I love that, this. So that looks great. I'm looking at it now. It looks fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I really, really think it's cool. So I just, I, I had to talk about that. So right. uh, the next thing I want to talk about is sunburn resistance uh, through diet. So there's a great article on uh, su- sustainable, sustainable balance, and they're basically talking about how you can eat to have more sunburn resistance. Huh? Yeah. So one of the things that they talk about basically is a, a diet that's high in omega-6s and low in omega-3s is going to result in skin that is more sensitive to sunburns. So omega-6s are from like vegetable oils, canola oil, that stuff, and the omega-3s are from fish and grass-fed beef. So this is not that surprising. You know, if you eat basically healthier, then you're going to have a skin that's less sensitive to the sunburning. But uh, antioxidants are really going to increase your ability to resist the sunburning. Um, so coffee, tea, cocoa, a lot of spices and stuff. Those are really great sources of antioxidants. Uh, blueberries, a lot of the like vitamin C rich, uh, uh, foods and or fruits and berries. So you can actually eat for more sunburn resistance, which is kind of amazing. And, and I'm very bad about this. I, I almost never put on sunblock and it's just something that I've never really done very much, <laughs> wow. which, which I'm not recommending. Uh, but you're I, so swarthy and dark skinned. Well, and I am. Well, I am dark skinned a little bit. I have olivish skin, so I don't know. I just never. I don't really burn, and uh, sometimes I'll put it on the top of my head. Now that or I don't. Or maybe have... it's all those blueberries you have. Yes, right. My just constant blueberry feed in my IV of blueberries. Uh, but the other thing is that if you have gelatin, which you're going to get from things like bone broth or from eating uh, too many gummy bears. Yeah, well, that's not that's actually not a joke. You know, there are gummy bears that are, have actual gelatin in them. Yeah. I mean, even jello would count. Okay. So that would help with increasing gelatin because gelatin is going to help with collagen production and it's going to help your your hair, your fingernails and your skin. Oh, to, so it's, to so renew it's very good for you, is it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, wow. as long okay, as you're not okay. getting the sugar and crap along with it. Oh, I see. You okay. can you can get healthy gummy bears. Actually, you can get real real gelatin gummy bears that are sweetened with natural things like fruit juices or uh, or honey, even. Okay. And then the other thing, which is too bad, but if you drink a lot of alcohol, that's going to make you much more susceptible to the sun. <laughs> and oh, yes, that would explain the problem with the Brits and their sunburn problem. Yeah, yeah all that sunburning. Yeah. Uh, but it also it's too bad for all the people who are like sitting on Mexican beaches drinking Coronas. Yeah. It's sort of the wrong combo, you know, being in the sun and drinking are bad for you. So something to keep in mind. So, yeah. but I would say the most, the most actual one is to just have more omega-3s in your diet. So more fish, more grass-fed meat, uh, more, okay. gra- more grass-fed butter. Uh, that's going to help you 
be more resistant to sun damage. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And then, of course, as we mentioned a few podcasts ago, the sugar scrub is very helpful for helping your skin renew and help those cells renew. So. Oh, cool. So you can save on the expensive sun burning, uh, suntan lotion this maybe and just eat better. Not that easy, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Uh, so the next thing I want to talk about is multivitamins. And there's. it took me a long time to be up for recommending a multivitamin. And I, I have been recommending the nutrients vitamins, which is that powdered one that you take a morning packet and a night packet uh, yeah. that the cultures produce. And I love it. And I still do love it. It's great. Um, and there are a number of competitors out there. There's a number of different articles on the differences between different multivitamins. And I link to a video post that the Colton's did explaining about the absorbability and the anti-competitive nature of their vitamins and really why they work so well. Uh, but for me, it always comes down to testing and yeah. I have tested them a lot and I, I just feel that they work very well. And, and the people that I recommended them to seem to like them very much. So for now, the nutrients vitamins are my recommendation and I would implore people to check it out. Uh, we have a discount code for people in the show notes so they can get 10 bucks off and give it a try themselves and see how they feel. Oh, great. Yeah. So the next thing I want to talk about is saunas. So while I was in uh, Toronto, there, the, the hotel that we were all at was the Shangri-La, which is a really, really nice hotel. And they had a pool and they had an infrared sauna. And the infrared sauna is not where you have the hot rocks or you have steam. It's really it's using infrared rays to basically warm you from within. And it's incredible. It's like a, a microwave. Yeah, in a way, but not, not in a bad way. <laughs> oh, I see. It's, uh, it's, it's really helping you on like an intracellular level and a mitochondrial level to, to basically create heat, essentially, and detox. And, and so just, there's, there, there's no hot rocks or anything in there at all? It's just all infrared? It's it? all infrared. It's like, it's like it being an infrared like, oven. Like an infrared lamp kind of thing? Or? Yeah, yeah, basically. Uh, that's, that's essentially how it works. Uh, okay. So the infrared, the infrared waves penetrate deep inside you, essentially, <laughs> and, and just activate so uh, it, it was great. It felt really good. I did it in the morning and the night while I was there. And I, I've so a while ago we interviewed. Uh, I forgot the guy's name actually, but it, he was the founder of Sunlighten Saunas, and they make a really amazing sauna that is multi-spectrum. There's several spectrums in Fred, so it's like uh, near and far spectrums and penetrate at different levels and do different things. Uh, and so first of all, we have a link in the show notes to Sunlighten because they have, I think they actually have a discount for us, but uh, not that people are going to be running out and buying $2,000 saunas, but you can get them for your home because they're infrared, they're much smaller. And I actually really want to do this because it just makes you feel so amazing. But the, the other article that I linked to is from Tim Ferriss's blog. And he interviewed this woman uh, who is an expert on the ergogenic effects of heat exposure and hyperthermia, as it would be called. It has been shown to do all sorts of things for your metabolism, for blood sugar response, uh, for, for weight management, for detoxing, and even for cognitive performance. So basically, there's something about creating just enough stress on your body to be able to really use that to your advantage and to have a, a uh, I don't know if this is the right word, a hormetic response, or, but the, the process is hormesis, basically, where you're exposing yourself to some stress so that you come back from it stronger. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. Yeah. So basically, you sit in a sauna just until the point where you're basically feeling uncomfortable where it's like you want to get out yeah. and, th and then you wait a few more minutes and then that's when you stop. Uh, so for a lot of people that that's usually 
15 to 20 minutes, depending on how, how hot it is. Yeah. But I mean, I, I don't, I don't know about your experience with it, Felix, but I, saunas just always make me feel amazing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, but there's actually so a cognitive element to that too. And you, you supposedly can really grow from it and get stronger, get smarter, get, I mean, mood. It's, it just, it's an amazing effect. Um, cold exposure has its own effects as well. And, contrast therapy where you're doing cold and hot has its its benefits also but if you do nothing else like sitting in a sauna is just really really effective um and i've actually been in a sauna that was 280 degrees which was (laughs) uh, very 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 intense that lasted about five minutes but they actually have sauna competitions (laughs) (laughs) wow i bet they do yeah so i think that's usually in sweden and it's like you know, temperature and time. So I think the last time someone died, actually, the last time I read about oh, it. So I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, there was. I mean, that and like the vodka drinking competition that they have in in Russia, which also killed somebody the last time I read about it. But no those are things there. things that you shouldn't necessarily be competing in. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, uh, saunas. Saunas are great. Um, and and since the so the last thing that I want to talk about today before we get to the interview is examine.com just produced a whole bunch of these stack guides. So examine.com is a wonderful resource for they, what they do is they compile studies on various supplements, you know, everything from vitamin D to fish oil to uh, creatine to Bacopa monieri, which is an Ayurvedic herb. And they basically show all the research and compile all the different studies that have been done on that herb or that supplement and what the possible effects, benefits, negatives are to it. Uh, yeah. So it's a wonderful, wonderful story. It's completely unbiased. They're re- literally just compiling these various studies. But they just released these stack guides. And the stack guides are basically uh, the combinations of supplements you, sh- you can use for the best effects for certain outcomes. So whether it's you want to have better sleep or better cognitive performance or better blood sugar management. And there are these you know, 10 to 12-page PDFs that give you all of the supplements that you should be taking for that particular outcome and what what they do and why okay great yeah so those just released and we have a, a link to that as well in the show notes fantastic so what i want to leave you with is uh if you follow me on instagram which is i'm at i'm at less doing on instagram you can see a video of me doing a box jump onto the oh, bar yes. <laughs> onto the bar at the shangri-la hotel bar uh i was with ben greenfield and Two other people and I was not I was completely sober I hadn't had a drop to drink and for some reason we were talking about going and doing some exercise and Ben said you know why don't we just do box jumps on the bar and I said well okay I'll do it so uh, Ben did a video of me doing a box jump onto the bar the bartender was not too happy about it but I did do it so uh, if you have a moment I would check out that video because it's pretty funny oh I can't wait to see it I still haven't seen it Oh, well, so you definitely have to go check it out. Um, And Felix and I are working out tonight, so we're going to have a a report for you because, Felix, I'm going to introduce you to the man maker tonight. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening in. And, you know, as always, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes because you will get access to the podcast a couple days before it comes out on the blog. Uh, And, you know, please keep leaving us reviews and feedback because we love it. All right. Thanks. See now I'm speaking week. with Shannon Mayhew, who is the blogger and inspiration behind presenceandpose.com and a mother, a yogi, a neuroscientist of sorts that we're going to talk about. And uh, it's really great to talk to you.
Thank you, Ari. It's good to be here. So uh, I'm sorry, I just called you neuroscientist, and you just corrected me before this. You are a cognitive scientist. That's right. So, so, let's start, what, so not, not actually doing brain scans myself, but working with people and trying to help find ways for them to learn. So how did you, how did you become a cognitive scientist? Let's start with that. What, and, and what does that really entail? Okay. Well, I've always been fascinated with how people learn. And, and before getting into cognitive science research, I worked as an um, education researcher for Sesame Street. And I also did some freelance writing for the Learning Channel. And then I, um, I went to receive my master's degree in education from Harvard University, where I focused on neuroscience um, as well as technology. And after that, I worked for a little over a decade at a research and development company as a cognitive scientist. And I worked on developing new methods, um, teaching methods and technology methods to help people with learning disabilities to learn in alternative ways. Gotcha. Okay. And how did you get from, how did you get to Sesame Street? First of all, because that's awesome. (laughs) How to get to Sesame Street. Exactly. Um, Yes. Well, that was a, that was a dream job for me. And I, I studied in um, at Penn state. That was my undergraduate degree. I studied, film and television, and I minored in child development and Spanish, and Sesame Street was really where I always wanted to, uh, where I wanted to go. And were you a parent when you were there? No, I was there, um, you know, well before, before having kids. That was one of my first jobs in my, you know, in my 20s. And um, I just think it's really cool. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. And what we would do is take the show and go into daycare centers in the Bronx and show Sesame Street to the preschool kids there and try to find out what they were learning and whether or not the themes and the script were were working for the kids. And then we would go and share these findings with the writers. So, and actually that ties in pretty, um, it kind of led, led me to where I am now in a lot of ways because you know, um, I, you know, I said that that was really a dream job for me and it was a, an exciting time. I was living in New York and I was in a li- loving relationship. I had great friends and we were going to parties in the TV industry and, um, you know, it was really an exciting time. But every morning I would wake up with this kind of this sickness in my heart and I would feel like I have, I have this life and I can't feel happy. And I would wonder what was wrong with me. So every morning I would get up and I would just lay there in bed and I would say, you don't have to go through the whole day. All you have to do is just get in the shower. And so I would get in the shower and I would say to myself, all you have to do is get dressed. You don't have to do anything else. And I would get myself dressed and then I would be, you only have to get on the subway and that's, that's all you have to do. And so every morning I would get myself to my dream job like that and wonder what was wrong. And, you know, it didn't have to do with the job. The people that I worked with were wonderful. And it was, you know, it was fun. I also got to put together packages, educational packages, and do some editing and work actually with the Muppets. And so, so yeah, I really wondered what was wrong with me. And the problem was that I was depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't have to depression doesn't really have to deal with your external circumstances. Um, you know, it's a very chemical thing going on inside your body. 
So, and I had told you before about we have a little bit of a similar background with healing, um, healing digestive problems. I had irritable bowel syndrome for you know most of my life, and at that time it was really also um, causing me a lot of pain. So, at some point, I found myself at a yoga class because I'd heard that yoga can help you with pain and deal with stress, and so I thought all of that would be good. Um, helping me with what was going on on a lot of levels. And with yoga, I learned how to relax the smooth muscles that line my gut and to stop that, you know, that painful cycle of spasms and um, start to feel better in my body. And then I started to make healthier choices about my life. And that's when I went and got decided to be a full-time graduate student because I was actually at NYU at the time, part-time. And adding more, you know, more, just more stress. It was all good stuff, but, it, you know, still stress. And so I went and just dove into um, my master's program. I went to Harvard, and um, that was so I moved. I left the city, and I got more sunshine and spent more time in nature and just all these things that kind of um, snowballed together. Yeah, I just felt better in my body, and then that's when I realized that feeling better in my body was what made all of those happy kind of thoughts and the feeling of gratitude become accessible to me, whereas before they weren't anywhere in reach. Gotcha. So, okay, well, there's a lot here. So, I know. I'm uh, really no, and, no, it's it's great. This is perfect. Uh, what is well, I, okay, you know, stop me if we get into too many okay. details, something, but basically. Do we agree yet yeah, that depression is definitely a chemical thing? And there's obviously, I think we can probably agree there's a gut component to that too, because of all the neurons that we have in our digestive system and everything. Do you believe you ever sort of found the source of the cause of the depression? Um, there's, I think there are two things, and the the one that I actually really thought up until recently, this because of the work I've been doing, you know, with yoga. I thought that it was because even though that was a very good job for me, that I, my soul kind of needed a little bit of a different path. And I wasn't, there was part of me that I wasn't listening to um, and just needing to, needing to be outside more. I mean, that's a little bit of a, I don't know, soul yearning, but also the very chemical parts of just getting more vitamin D and, and uh, being with nature. Right. Um, so I guess that that's part of it. And I think I wasn't digesting the, my nutrients I was taking in. I wasn't eating the, all the greatest nutrients either. And um, so the chemical things that need to happen in your cells and create neuropeptides that can lead to, you know, helping you feel happier. I, I wasn't probably having the right nutrients for that to happen. Okay. So... When did you, I mean, obviously yoga was helpful and yoga was helpful in my journey as well. What, how did the nutritional discovery kind of play into there? Um, well, I, oh, I also started to go see a nutritionist at the same time I started yoga. So I really did an overhaul, you know, too. And did that help or hurt? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. It's, it doesn't, it's not necessarily the, uh, always the answer. It helped. It helped because I did a cleanse and, you know, um, was able to to learn what my body, you know, get better in touch with my signals from my body like this. 
I don't digest certain kinds of fats very well and to stay away from those kinds of oils. Well, I'm, um, I'm curious, like what? Um, uh, basically, like canola oil, um, you know, oh, okay. butter even, just those kinds of fats. Um, avocados and seeds and nuts have been really good for me. Okay. Uh, so, and butter, you don't do well. So that's, that's interesting. To discover. So one of the things that, that you just brought up, which I'm always talking about is about self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, unfortunately, we get in these situations where these bad things sort of happen or we start to go on a, a bad path or whatever, but it's, it's so self-worsening, you know, and, and everything you do that, that sort of makes it worse, makes it that much more worse. And you lose that self-awareness even more. And sometimes just, and this is the reason that I asked you if you identified the source in your mind, because sometimes just identifying cause and effect is really not only helpful, but empowering. Yeah. So absolutely. Um, go ahead. No, 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 please. Um, I just was able to, yeah, I did. I felt empowered, whereas before I was just overwhelmed, you know, and, and not knowing what choices to make. I felt empowered to to choose um, the foods that would be nourishing to me. And, you know, that doesn't mean to, to never, you know, have a treat again, but just be a little bit more uh, respectful of my body. And just feeling better in my body really made it possible for me to make those choices when you're not, you're just not feeling good about yourself and don't have the energy. Um, it's kind of a, there's a, you, you know, your mind is just kind of like, what's the point? Right, of course, and that's again, it's sort of like a self worsening prophecy. In a way. Uh-huh. Um, so, all right, but so now one of your focuses now is what you're calling body gratitude, right? So let's yes. talk about that. Okay. So, and that ties in pretty closely with, you know, the experience that I had of feeling, starting to feel better in my body and then realizing, oh, it's easier to find happy thoughts. And they, you know, it doesn't really matter what your external circumstances are um, so much as, as what you've got inside. Um, so that and combined with what I have been learning about happiness research, you know, on the, on the, on the brain side, um, there's this researcher from UCLA named Rick Hansen, and he has a book called Hardwired for Happiness. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've ever yep. heard of that. Yep. And so his, his kind of popular phrase is to take in the good. And the idea is that when, um, well, first of all, our brains are kind of, um, we've evolved to store, quote, negative experiences in our long-term memory. And that's for important reasons like survival and, you know, make sure to to not um, sleep out where the saber-toothed tigers can get you and things like that. And um, so we, we remember negative experiences as a, as a survival mechanism. The brain places less value on the positive experiences because they haven't been as much important to our survival, you know, over time evolutionarily. So, so his... Uh, recommendation and he's done brain scans and and been able to show that when we experience something happy and it doesn't have to be you know winning the Nobel Prize or any huge peak moment but just the little things during your day like you're you know um, see the the smile on your child's face or you're hearing the birds sing um, little things to take them in for about 15 to 17 seconds to just really allow just allow those things to make you feel happy and enjoy them and just um, take that in for 15 seconds. 
So I, I found that to be a really great practice. And I've been combining that with what I've been doing in yoga by, with body awareness and being present. Because I still feel like, oh, yeah, these, these sweet things that happen throughout the day, sometimes it's all well and good to say, well, just allow yourself to feel happy about them. Right. But if your body, if you're not present, you know, and you know this, if you're not, if you're not present in your body, um, you can be distracted or just, you know, okay, I should feel happy, but I'm not feeling it. So my component is to add to that um, using body awareness and presence, using your senses to help you um, take in the good through your senses. You're not using your brain so much as your body. Right. I mean, it's, it, it's like telling someone, you know, just act confident, you know, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not that simple. So, okay. Well, so then what are some actual things that you have, that you recommend people? I mean, you know, you gave a couple examples, but sort of, or actually, why don't you tell us about like your daily routine a little bit, what you do to, to sort of maintain that level. Okay. Well, um, in the morning I, I usually just lay in bed and use my senses to take in the good, as, as Rick Hansen says, so I'll feel the softness of my sheets. And if my dog happens to be at my feet in the bed, which she often is, I'll, I'll see if I can hear her breathing or just feel, you know, slide my foot under her chin or, you know, just whatever senses are available to me, even if it's just feeling my breath moving in and out and just feel what's good about that. Um, and a phrase that I that I use in yoga sometimes is "What's there to love here?" And you can probably always find something to love. And sometimes the word "love" is more accessible to people than happiness. Um, sometimes gratitude is more resonant, or um, you know, presence. And they all kind of help bring you into that, into your body and into your senses, and finding what's good about that. And then just so I'll just allow myself to sort of just. Um, bask in that for a little while and I'll start my day with an intention of how I want to um, approach the day so that when things come up I can come back to my intention and say wait I my intention was to respond to things with wisdom and compassion and I'm not sounding that way to my seven-year-old right now so let me take a breath and come back into my body and and uh, let my actions come from a wiser place. So, and then throughout the day, if I feel myself too much in my head and, you know, my path has been really a real cognitive path. So there's a lot of, you know, reading all those um, scientific journals and there's a lot of left brain stuff and a lot of thought activity. I have to remind myself to come back in my body and, um, I love poetry, too, and I love Rumi, the Sufi poet. He says, let every footstep be like your, your feet kissing the earth. I'm not quoting him exactly, but it's something like that. And so I think of with my steps, you know, just stepping mindfully with that sort of reverence and um, just coming back to that throughout the day through, through different body awareness practices. So do you do training like this with people now? Um, yeah, I do. I, um, you know, I'll work it into regular yoga classes and, um, I also do workshops and we'll do activities at camps for kids. And, you know, I ha also have another program that I've developed with a co-teacher, um, with a colleague of mine, Dee Gold, and we, it's for working with your challenging emotions and also using body awareness and using some cool 
um, neuroscience research about emotions in the brain and about body language and hormones. And so we, you know, we kind of use yoga tools and combine it with, with those tools from neuroscience to help people process, the, process their emotions in a way that's healthy and empowering. And that, that's called the intention awareness method. And we, um, we do quarterly workshops in the DC area on that. Right. That's, I mean, that's, that sounds, it sounds really amazing. It sounds like really good work to be doing. Um, I, I want to shift gears back a little bit, uh, again, actually to learning. And one of the things that, that I've found really important and, and again, empowering and all sorts, I mean, all of those words that we've been using actually is just sort of learning more about how the human body works and about myself. And sometimes there's resistance to it, you know, so I'm trying to think how to phrase this question the right way. Uh, when you're when you're trying to look at how different people learn, you know, and especially with things that are, when you, oftentimes when you meet somebody who's had, they become like a health guru or they become a you know some sort of guru or they've they've had a just big transformation in their life and then they they kind of spread that gospel in a way. They usually have had some traumatic event in their life, mm-hmm. you know, whether it was an illness or a loved one who died or a car accident or something like that. Um, and unfortunately, uh, I mean, and I'm one of those people, it, it requires that experience to get them to change, to get them to learn from what happened and to get them to move forward. You know, how do you, is there a way to sort of circumvent that process, you know, and, and, and get people to see this and see the future self as themselves in a way? And I, I, I that's sort of a big question, but I'm just curious yeah, your thoughts. That's a great question. Really great question. Thank you. Um, and I don't know that I... I, ha- I guess I have thought of that before because a lot of people whose books really have moved me, they've, you know, they've really gone through some major life-changing experience. Um, but I have seen, as a yoga teacher, I've seen people over time, you know, just sort of unfold in their practice and become, you know, more themselves and go through this process just by coming to yoga and being dedicated to their practice. And, um, you know, like as happened to me, um, you know, even though I did have, I did have this, this depression that I, I, um, that led me there, but over time, you know, just being more present in my body through yoga just helped me to make, to slowly make all these, well, they were, it wasn't as slow, but (laughs) helping me to make all these changes. And I see that in some of my students that they come and they might come to yoga for um, because they're runners and their legs are really tight and they just want to stretch out their legs or they have back pain um you know or they used to be an athlete and they haven't done anything in a while and they want to get more flexible and so they come to yoga um for those kinds of purposes or just to relax to learn how to relax and then they realize that there's a whole you know level available to them of their of their own development that that starts to happen so uh, they may or may not have had some big event that led them to yoga, but I have found that, and it doesn't have to be yoga, but just right. finding a way to be more present in your body and practicing that continue, you know, just on a regular basis. And how does this translate into you as a parent? You know, how do you instill this in your child? How old are your kids? Seven and nine. Sorry. Yeah. And I have two girls and, um, I like that you said the seven, the younger one first. <laughs> Most people like, I feel like most people work down, but that's good. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, 
She was the squeakier wheel this morning. Maybe she's more on my mind. That, that makes sense. <laughs> well, um, you know, dealing with working with challenging emotions is just, as a parent, it's really saved me. And um, I, you know, I have my, you know, my kids definitely have the full spectrum of emotions. Um, and I, I'm not saying that I, I handle it perfectly, but I think my practice has helped me to, since I'm working with trying to allow my emotions and not say, not judge um, the, the ne quote negative ones as bad um, and just look at them as energy and let them move and um, expressing them in a healthy way that I'm able to help model that for my kids and in my in that work for me I've been able to allow their challenging emotions too so you know especially um, my my younger daughter who has some more uh, stronger emotions than her sister and so you know it's I think it's helped me to allow her to be herself and kind of coach her how to deal with them in a healthier way. That's right. So, all right. Well, the last question I always like to ask people is what are your top three personal tips for being more effective? And it doesn't have to be from neuroscience or, or cognitive science, rather, um, from anything. What, what are the three things that you, that you can, pieces of advice you can give to be more effective? To, uh, well, I, I think it, it does tie in with uh, what we've been talking about, to be more present in your body throughout the day and, you know, check in with yourself and to, to allow yourself to take in what's good, you know, find what, what there is to love in the moment. And, and, you know, as I say, in my blog, I, I write about these things too. And so just milk it, you know, find something good and just don't let it slip through your fingers, you know, just enjoy it and, and feel the sensations around that so that you you know, your brain then stores those things into long-term memory and you get to, you start to change, you actually change your brain to see more happy things. That's one. That's that one. one. Yeah, it's one. <laughs> um, okay. And I had thought of this because I've seen some of your podcasts before and now I'm Thank trying you. to remember what I thought of. Well, um, to, well, to manage your, to look at your emotions as energy and not judge them. And when you find yourself having an emotion that you don't really, you know, enjoy or is a challenge for you to just um, take a breath, come into body awareness and feel in your body where, you, where you're feeling that emotion and just kind of hold it with compassion instead of judgment. And it actually it moves pretty quickly. And, you, and then you can keep actually holding it, but say, you know, well, you get to be here, but you don't get to be in charge of how I'm going to respond right now. And so then that way we're not bottling these things up and we're, you know, empowering ourselves. You're going to tell me that was two. That was two. <laughs> and there are two very good ones. So you definitely have to give me a third. Okay. The third one to be more effective. Hmm. I would say is to, well, I said body presence, but I'm going to say, go a little deeper and say, listen, to your body so you know in, in terms of if you want to get feeling happier to listen to the signals from your body about what you what you need and um, just tr trying to tune into those signals so that when you get just feeling more energy feeling healthier you'll be able to feel more um, happy and I think that that is definitely tied to being effective 
I think those are wonderful. Very, very well thought out. Wonderful. So we're going to have all the links in the show notes, but what's the best place for people to find out more about you? Um, you can go to Presence and Prose, which is my, my website for my blog. It's www.presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, not the kind that you open, um, and prose, P-R-O-S-E, um, dot com. And another part of my life is working as a writer, and I'm practicing that in my blog and working on getting some of my stories published for kids to help them deal with, help them learn these messages, too. Wonderful. Well, Shannon, thank you so much for your time. It was really wonderful talking to you. That was a very enlightening conversation. And and thank you. Thank you, Ari. Mm-hmm. 